Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast with the best shows on TV. And I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And tonight is The Walking Dead, episode 602. It was titled JSS, which is uh, finally figured out is just survive somehow. Or somewhere was somehow. 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 Um, which did never predicted that. But, you know, I'm digging it. So much for that Jesus prediction somebody mentioned last <laughs> week, but we won't uh, we won't discuss that. Uh, the particulars were uh, the director was Jen Lynch or Jennifer Chamber Lynch. Um, really impressed. Really, I liked how she went with this. Um, and the writer was Seth Hoffman. Um, uh, I'll go ahead and give you the first dibs, man. Hit me with that opinion, bro. All right, well, this might have been one of my favorite episodes of Walking Dead. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you. I know I'm always pretty tough on this show because I'm not a huge fanboy or nothing like that, but uh, I really enjoyed the path this episode took, some of the surprises it gave me, and honestly, I was very impressed with the fact that the main cast wasn't there other than Carol and a little bit of Morgan, that they were able to carry it for me and without problems absolutely you i mean considering it was lacking every single major character minus carol and i guess you could say carl um and then of course the sprinkle at morgan dean but i forget about carl sorry you know yeah well i mean carl was an almost a non-factor for this episode realistically you know and honestly i didn't love the parts he was in no, no, me neither. But uh, no, this was what I called on Facebook and everything else and Twitter was is that Carol, the new bastard executioner, uh, is what I call this. Is uh, it Don't was tie that it was awesome into this show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, ass. Um, anyway, it it was. I'll go ahead and say it. I I want to say one of the top five episodes that I've of all Walking Dead, best episode via Alexandria. Um, in my mind, um, I'm, I'm just be honest with you. And I think everybody feels the same way. And I watched talking dead and Kevin Smith had the same thing for 10 minutes in. I was like, this is going to be nothing but set up. And then we're going to have something kind of happen at the end with, you know, whatever this horn is. And it's going to be a long, long drawn out wait, you know, and I was really kind of expecting the first three episodes to be really kind of a bang, 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 just nonstop. And then when you see Cigarette Woman outside just chilling, puffing, I was like, geez. And then the machete attack. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. No, did not. I mean, insanity. And from then on, my heart was pumping. And this was just rocking out one of the best episodes ever. And very, very impressed. I was really, really enjoyed this one. Okay, since you brought it up already, might be my favorite scene of Walking Dead, ever, ever, really. I mean, it's up there. The Carol looking at the window. Because let me ask, let me tell you this, and ask you the same question. When it happened, I couldn't tell if Carol was daydreaming. Yes, I couldn't. I, I didn't know if she was either. I thought she was just kind of like, I hope this is what would happen to you, you smoking bee, because you're not listening to me. Right, because I feel like she was kind of looking at her, and like it would go into a, a dream sequence, like, I oh, I wish this would happen. Yeah, you exactly. Know? But then once you see the second whack at the lady and you realize like, holy shit, this is happening. Yes. I was so impressed with how it was shot, the surprise factor yeah. of it. You know, the, the great thing about it was, was there was zero sound. 
Do you realize? I went back and I watched this three times, and you didn't get anything until the, the second slash that you started hearing screaming and everything else. I think you might have heard like a machete, like a shink. You oh, know, yeah. something well, like I mean, that. I'm talking about like, you didn't hear people screaming, running, no. crying. It was just, oh, crap, there it is. Oh, my God, there <laughs> yeah. it is. You know? It just kind of hits you. You know, you just like a really barehanded slap to the face, which is a wake-up call of an episode. And, um, man, kudos to the writer, director. It was just so well done. To see it through the window like that. Yeah. It's different if you were standing outside. Just her point of view, kind of over her shoulder, looking through the drapes, and then slash, slash. And then her ice cold just turn and go about her business like she knows what, what she's got to do now. Yeah. I mean, to see the transformation of Carol from what the show started from, you know, a week you know, beat up mother, you know, of a daughter and hadn't had a daughter and was just in fear her whole life to turn into the real OG of this episode and of this whole show is just unreal. I mean, right now she is the best character arc on the show by far, man. I mean, people talk about, well, I love Daryl. Well, I love Rick. I got news for you. The Carol camp has got some ammo to come up there and say, Top three, top two characters that don't need to be messed with, you know, or well, ever fear. And to tell you the truth, Carol has a lot to do with the other major characters, yes, like Rick and Daryl. She, she is part of their arcs. Carol's man; she's almost gone solo. You know, just brutal I transformation. It. I know it, man. I know it. And then the whole Assassin's Creed outfit in the episode was just like, yeah, but way to go. I'll be honest, it had me a little scared because I was like, who's going to be the Alexandria buffoon that's going to shoot her thinking that she's a wolf? Because I was like, man, they're teetering close to that edge. Yes, there's no Um, doubt. Well, look, let's dive into the episode. Um, It started off with, uh, we got some background on Enid. Um, Yep. And, uh, you know, last week we weren't positive that was her, but I kind of figured it was, you know, the whole, you know, they're in the car, mom, dad, and then zombies come out of nowhere. Um, I appreciated getting the backstory, but I wasn't a fan of this whole little open scenario. You know, like they were just talking like, oh, let's just a fuse. We can get this started. And you got zombies surrounding it. There was no urgency. There was no nothing. And it just... I don't know. It just it kind of had a bad taste in my mouth with just that little whole scenario of her being in the car and her parents out there getting eaten. Did you get any vibe like that? Actually, no, I disagree. I really like this. I like the fact that you could tell these people have been in the world long enough to know that a couple zombies coming around the corner still 40 yards away from you aren't really a threat. You know, it's like, no, we're going to get this fixed. You know, no big deal. It wasn't until the other zombies came around from the behind the sign that you could tell it was going to be a problem, you know? I like that. I like people that are survivors acting like survivors. And okay. when the other ones came around the corner and then it flashes immediately to her looking out at what I'm assuming is mom or dad getting their belly eaten out. Yeah. I was like, man, that's pretty intense. You know, I actually really liked it. Okay. Well, I just, I don't know. I just felt like if you were a survivor and you just wouldn't have that dialogue of, oh, it's just a fuse, we can get this taken care of, da-da-da-da, and they're cl- I don't know. But I, I'll, I'll go with you on that. You can't tell me you didn't like the tortoise oh, God. turtle munching Question. scene. Does a tortoise have that many bones in it? I mean, and do you eat it, like, straight raw like that? I was like, oh, God, that was... 
That was tough to watch. I got news <laughs> for you. I'm not gonna lie, man. I mean, you can see zombies tearing humans apart and tear tear uh, Dale's belly wide open and guts go everywhere. And I was like, cool. I'm watching the turtle get eaten, and my stomach is like, oh god, this is horrible. <laughs> you know. I gotta be honest. I don't think I could have done that. No. no. Not raw. You have to be in desperate mode. That was raw turtle. Raw. I'm not even sure that's safe to eat. Yeah. I mean, I'd that's to talk about some serious belly aches. I'll be eating bark before I'll be hitting that stuff. No, you'll be you. using bark to wipe the splatters coming out of uh, you later. Oh, <laughs> God. Blowing holes in the bowl Ruthless. and stuff. Jesus. Ruthless red eye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, the, uh, yeah, I listened to the production notes and it was. Um, we're talking dead. It was uh, mint, red mint dyed covered chicken is what she was eating. That's what, you know, when she was biting and eating okay. all that stuff. So she said that it was uh, to give it that effect. And so it t- imagine, imagine mint flavored grilled chicken. I'm I don't just, know. <laughs> sounds as bad as eating raw turtle. <laughs> well, it, it's like um, Game of Thrones with Daenerys eating the big heart, the horse heart or whatever. She said that was basically a massive gummy bear, and it was horrifically nasty. And if you watch the scene, she actually throws up in her mouth, and she really does. And she chokes it down and finishes it. Wow. So, I mean, some of these actors really go going the extra all mile. Out. Going yeah. all out. <laughs> um, but then, you, of course, you see the JSS and the, where she comes from that, and she finds Alexandria and has the hesitation going in. So that was all good. Um, and then... How about the slap of reality of Carol talking to uh, Pete's Sam? kid? You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's dead. He's killed. Deal with it. He got it's himself life. killed. Deal yeah. with it. Yeah, I'm just like, I mean, why don't you go there and kick his dog and, you know, throw salt in any open wind? I mean, it was, wow. I just, You know, like Rick says, he's not taking any more chances. I don't think Carol takes any more chances with children. And she's you not need to wake up to reality. Yeah, she remember she was at the prison and she was one showing them knives and yeah. how to protect yourself and so on. She does what has to be done without hesitation. She's the one who killed, you know, Tyrese's girlfriend. She's the one who takes gets her children prepared. She's the one going around the episode and being executioner. I mean, she she is the most legitimately ready for the apocalypse now. Well, she's become the new Shane. But in a likable way. Exactly. I agree. I agree. Um, we meet Denise, the um, the psychologist slash turn, I wanted to be a surgeon, panic attack, couldn't handle it, doctor of Alexandria. Right. Um, cool character. I like that, you know, stuff. Um, and like I said, this is supposed to be the, you know, the love interest of Heath, I believe, based on what we've learned earlier. Um, you know, uh, she has, I think... Uh, did, did you like this character much? No. You know, and in the comic book, the Denise in the comic book was much more assertive, and much more gun-ho. Um, this panic attack, feeble, not sure of myself, I'm thrown into this and have no choice kind of motif they've created around her. Uh, it's... I didn't care for it, and I, it, it just looks like a constant issue that's going to be arising as this whole season goes along. I just look at all the Alexandrians, and they're all just so meek. 
Yeah, and they're just so pitiful. That's what it, I mean. They all require help from someone else. Either they need direction, training, assistance, motivation, or they're just not physically able. I mean, there wasn't a single Alexandrian except for Spencer, who was in a tower with an assault rifle, who was actually productive or helpful in the entire assault. Aaron. Do not forget Aaron. Touche. Touche. Aaron's a baller. He's good. Right. No, and don't even say Spencer. You talk about a just pansy. Weak sauce. Just terrible. He didn't shoot a soul other than the semi-truck driver, which, by the way, would be a much harder shot. Moving target like that, firing straight into the glass, full auto, but he can't shoot some stationary people. You say that? I went back and watched. You know those scenes where it's like, pow, pow, and they're showing them and stuff like that? It showed a bullet wound go through the head of one of the uh, wolves, and the scope was nowhere near it. No lie. Okay, I haven't watched it a second time, so I didn't see that. I I was like, why is that guy falling like that? And I went back and looked, and it was like it showed like a bullet entrant and hit his head and or his body you know, or something like that. You sure it wasn't like the dirt flying up or nah. something? Nah. Mm. It was red blood. If I'm wrong, somebody let me know. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I did not right see him Holly hit anybody. Got, Holly got the slice across the stomach. Bang. Shot him in the head. Hmm. So, but yeah, but there you go. There's your productivity. Aaron kills one. That's, that's the help yeah. you got. So... Uh, yeah, going back, Denise, unfortunately, she fits the mold of reg- regular Alexandrians, and they're, they're, they're sheep to the slaughter, and it, it showed. I mean, it was just brutality after brutality. Um, you know, we get to see Gabriel a little bit this episode. He's talking to Carl. Hey, I want to help, da-da-da, and everybody's giving him the cold shoulder. Of course, Carl kind of gives him a little love, um, but later in the episode, when... <laughs> He's getting attacked, and Carol's like, he's all right, move on, you know, forget him, <laughs> deuces, you know. I was like, Gabriel's getting no love. So yeah. That was pretty good. Um, but, you know. I did like rough. this scene, though. I do like them attempting to bring Gabriel back into the fold. Like, I think this was a good approach, him coming to Carl, wanting to be trained. And I think it was good what Carl said to him. Right. Don't tell me, tell the whole group. You know, right. you need to go, everybody. I, I agree with that because in the comic book, Gabriel becomes non-existent. You know, he's just somebody in the background where now they're keeping a Seth Gilliam, you know, the, the actor, the character. They're keeping him in the forefront yeah. even though he's a negative. Don't waste the actor. Don't waste a great actor because yeah. he is really good. And he's. I really feel like he's going to turn into something really, really good for the, sh- you know, for the show. I really hope so. Um then, of course, the Carol scene we, we talked about where we see Smoker Girl get slashed and chopped up. I compare this scene, the shock value, to the same as Sophia walking out of the barn season two. Because everybody, I mean, I think everybody in their world's jaw dropped when you see Homegirl come out the barn. And that scene right there was more set up, whereas this one was just completely out of left field and just blows your mind. So this one had better shock of this episode, but that's the closest comparable I can come to with shock value. I think everybody saw Sophia coming out of the barn coming. This was just, like I said, I wasn't even sure if it was real. Yeah. It was, it just was done so, so well. There. Yeah. And just to see, because Carol at first, what you're thinking is, is, damn, Carol's got control over all the women over all the hens in this, you know, in this coop. Like she just, I guess she almost felt like smug. She's like, yeah, see, 
smoke outside like I told you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Carol, that's control. And then just that to happen, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I know it, I, honestly, this is one of my favorite moments of all I'm Walking right there Dead with history. you, man. I'm right there with you. That's why I say it's a top five episode. There were some problems here and there. Oh, don't get and me we're wrong. to address those. And yeah. I think that's the only reason it's not like a top two, maybe three episode for me. Yeah. There's just a couple of things that we're going to address in a few minutes. Um, it was a quick little thing with Deanne and Maggie talking about expansion and support and you're still a leader, da, da, da. But then you hear the gunfire and you hear people going crazy. And then all of a sudden the Molotov comes out of nowhere and old Richard takes it in the teeth. Yeah. And um, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is Richard the bigger guy we've seen a lot of that you know volunteered to help and do different things here and there, or is this just a completely random Alexandrian? I hope it's a random guy and not the guy big I guy. I keep thinking about. He's a big guy, kind of balding. Yeah. yeah. He was there when um, he gave up the construction leadership job. Exactly. That guy. That's yeah. not Richard, is it? Man, I don't. I swear, I, I don't thought his name so. was Richard because I didn't see the face of the guy who got torched. Time out. Richard's with Rick and them. He was with. Yes, the group. he is. Yes, yeah, so right. He should. He should be safe. This should be a non-existent character. Yeah, I think this is just a rando. Okay. Well, good. Um, a rando who burnt to black crisp very fast. Uh, extra crispy. I character. mean, like I mean, walk past him and he's already char. <laughs> I'm talking black char. Yeah, I mean, it is absolutely Epic. toast. Epic. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm not sure that's exactly how burning up happens, but... Yeah, I know. You wouldn't be that black. I'm I mean, sorry. You didn't you even don't, have... I mean, don't get me wrong. You'd have to be keep dumping fuel on this to get that black. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, yes, that that is a little bit. You know, and the funny thing is, is that that was my favorite zombie of the entire episode because it's really the only one you had to deal with at a close-up. I oh, love yeah. the, the special effects of the crispy ones. Oh, it was great. And so that was my top zombie of the episode, but it was the most unrealistic way to become that level of zombie that fast. Well, you know what? If they if they just wouldn't have shown him the first time they walked past him and he's just burnt to a crisp already, I'd have been fine with him if he had been smoldering there for a while. Right. And then they came yeah, past he him falls and, and looked like off, that. You know? you know what I mean? Yeah. I would have been fine with that. But they showed him that first time when he was already extra crispy, and I was like, "Eesh." Yeah, then when they quick, showed him later, like you say, awesome looking zombie, I would have been fine with it. They just skipped that first char broil. Yeah. There's no doubt. So, town's under attack, and there's a qu- bunch of quick little scenes of just one mm-hmm. thing after another. Like you see Jesse hide into a house with her child. You see a guy come around the corner, and he gets stabbed, and you have this really cool FX of like. His back blowing out from whatever stabbed him was really awesome. You see the the big old axe guy chopping pieces, you know, arms uh, off people in the street. Okay, we finally see from the Noah's hometown where the limbless yes. people are coming from. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, the axe man yeah. who just has a thing with just hacking all the limbs off yeah, of people. Brutal. But wow, what great special effects. You know what I mean? Very well done, but very... Let's get into this right here. It's one of my questions for the episode. What's wrong with the wolves? Like, what's what's wrong their with the deal? Okay, well, what do we know about the wolves? What motivates them? What's doing this? Is there a leader? You know, there's something okay. here. I wrote it down. One of them says this. We are setting you free. People don't belong here. Okay, that was the black guy that attacked Gabriel. And he goes, in the world we are... 
living don't belong, only dead. And so we're setting you free. I, I watched it two or three times. I even memorized it. He's basically saying the world, everybody's supposed to be dead. And if you're trying to survive, we're the people who just are doing what hasn't already taken place. But they but were I like... I don't understand why... It was just mass chaotic murder. But then the other guy, later in the episode, they got let go. He's, you know, he was like, we didn't have a choice to do what we're doing. So there's something... That someone it, else pulling a the motivating strings. motivating factor. Right. A necessity. You know, you know, you're doing this at the behest of what and who or what, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, which is very curious because, you know, me being the comic book junkie and I've read them two or three times and stuff like that. This is not, this is not in alignment with the comic book. So that, well, that doesn't right there, surprise me. you know, so it makes me very curious, which I'm, I'm soaking it up like a dry sponge. Don't get me wrong, but I do not know what's motivating. Now they're saying they don't have a choice. Well, who did not give them this choice? That's what I want to know. Is this a, just a, is this a perceived notion based on the way the world is? I just don't see that. You have to be trained to become what they're doing. You don't get up together with just people who are madmen like that and go, hey, together, let's go do this. It don't work. There's somebody who has to give a direction. Right. I'm just either going to have to come up with some good explanation for these people being just absolute lunatics. The guy with the axe. Everyone else is raging, raiding through the town, you know, looking to. Yeah. Look, I mean, they were even robbing the houses of stuff mm-hmm. and trying to get out with supplies but the axe man is just over there just hacking limbs off yeah like what's know. his deal like why was there a car full of limbs heads remember remember it was just torsos and heads I, I mean i just i don't know what are they mentally ill are no they, i just i think it's just something the person does it's something they do it's they have that's how they have fun before they turn you you take the head off and it's just a zombie head that does arr, 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 and the body's useless you know what i mean you don't have to worry about a walker if they can if they don't walk they can't get to you you know what i mean i don't know i mean it's thin i'm completely speculating i completely speculating so I don't know. I mean, I really, really don't know. Why? I mean, there's no conversation. There's no nothing. There's no, hey, join us or die or anything. It's just, if you're alive, you're going to die. Yeah. You know. But they don't kill each other. No. No. You know, know, if you have that insignia on your, you know, your head and you've joined, whatever it is, something, yeah, there's something off. There's a greater, there's a greater situation here we're not aware of. And so that's what's going to become a bigger issue. Um you know, going back to this, you know, the city and all these people being attacked, you know, then you have the girl who was in the cooking pantry with Carol. She gets her stomach sliced. Carol comes over and kills that guy that she takes the outfit off of. Aphid was his name or whatever. Um, and, you know, she's holding her and then she has to kill her because, you know, her wound's too great, which it was brutal. I mean, you see like her entire stomach's almost hanging yeah, out. Yeah, like she has like an intestine hanging out. It was, woof. Wow. It didn't look that bad at first. It didn't. No, but, but then when they panned back. Yeah. Wow. It was And good blood effects. There was blood like pouring down the steps, steps and stuff. Yeah, I was I put that in my notes like Well done. The special effects were really, really well thought out 
on all the attack scenes, the wounds. There wasn't any of them that I was like, no, that's not right. You well, know? you know why? Because you didn't get any of the CG blood. You're you're exactly right. Most everything was a hand-to-hand combat blood. It was you know, practical. After, it needed to be practical. Yeah. And so I really, I really appreciate it. And then you see Holly from Spencer's scope and you see her get sliced across the abdomen and then this guy gets shot, you know, and that's when they go out there and grab her and bring her inside. This was a huge disappointment to me. Not because the show did this wrong. It's because Holly is an integral character for later, you know, in the comic book. And I can't tell you why, um, but it's disappointing because, you know, there was a little bit of a part. There is an arc for Holly in the comic book and they're not going to get to fulfill that. And she was actually kind of a badass in the comic book. I mean, she has a really, really epic little uh, arc in this coming, you know, in the future that I'm really curious how they're going to twist this to you know to be able to fill that hole i mean the opportunity's there but remind me who holly is holly is the girl that abraham saves at the construction site last year when everybody else pansied out remember she was stuck uh, in yeah. the bucket yeah and he, you know she got short-haired mad. woman right and she okay. blonde to short hair and she was like hey thanks abraham like that those two were actually supposed to become a love interest and well, that's, don't say any more because you know they'll probably replace the character right, with another but character. Was, but that's not what I was talking about that's epic for her in the art coming up. That's what we should have already kind of seen already, but which they decided not to go that way, which was fine. But I'm not going to say anything about what was completely her arc was, but it was very epic and integral to the future. Right. So it, it was sad. I, I didn't want to see that she was gone. Well, um, maybe they'll save it for a bigger name actress. That we're more aware of already. Right. Yeah. Which very could be. I think we both believe that we have to trim the fat of actors this season. They and right some now, fat. your prediction right now is true. We're killing characters every episode. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so they got to. I think next episode is going to continue that. Um, all right. So the 18 wheeler shows up. Spencer does his amazing. Takes the you know, out. Well done. Okay. I loved it. All right. Two problems. You ready for this? Number one, the whole reason Rick and their crew lose control of the horde is because the horn is siren. What's louder, gunfire or the horn? Uh, I'll go ahead and answer it. Gunfire. And guess what? You never heard any gunfire in episode one whatsoever. You would hear an assault rifle going off from a tower. Blazing. That is, it's the same range as a car horn. No, I agree with you. It's a, it's an editing mistake. It's a, it's a, oops. Yeah. Was, um, the first episode was better having a horn. It just didn't, you know, you don't realize that, oh, by the way, there should have been, you know, multiple bang, 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 bang. Yeah. Because then guess what happens? Then you know what the horn is. Because if you have the gunfire leading to it, right, it you gives know. you an idea of what yeah. the horn is. Yeah, you absolutely then would know that Alexandria is under attack. And so by not giving you the gunfire, like we were last week, like, oh, what? it could be this, it could be that. It could, oh, oh yeah. I can't wait to figure out what the next episode is. And then there it is, you know. And I'm going to guess your second big problem is how did the guy change so fast? Fastest zombie turn and, oh my God, he was like nasty zombie Within minutes, 
Yeah, and I don't know how he ended up on the passenger side of the thing with his head stuck in the steering wheel. <laughs> I'm just like... Not no. real sure how that all worked out, but... Uh, it, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I mean... That I'm guy, should, that guy shouldn't even been turned yet. No, he should have just been a, been a bloody mess on the steering wheel. Exactly. Um, and while we're on that guy, like you said, this is a fresh... Very fresh. Very fresh. As fresh <laughs> as you can be, Walker, right? I'm all about Morgan. No problem, whatever, with his bow staff skills. But we already know at this point that it takes some serious damage to breaking a skull. Thank you. And he's one-shotting these dudes in the forehead with his broomstick handle. Okay, so here's evidence number one fear the walking dead they go to put a knife through a skull it doesn't do it we praise the show for giving some real you know some accuracy there are we willing to say that a major blow to the head with a bow staff doesn't break the skull doesn't nothing but it's concussive enough that it causes enough brain trauma that it kills a zombie no i'm with you i think that is a complete blah as a matter of fact, I would I would be happier with a nasty shot to the back of the neck where the, like the brain stem is. Yes. I would be more more believable. You sever more, what yeah. really is the brain. Right. To sever the stem at the neck at the skull base, right? Absolutely. I think that would be more realistic as far as a fresh walker. Now these, you know, raisin headed <laughs> you know, old zombies, no problem. Bash the plums out of them. You know what yeah. I mean? Just like, yeah. but that was a brand new walker. I would have loved to seen them, him have to like just beat the tar out of that thing to yes. get the head, yes. you know, broken Absolutely. open. So I'm going to be looking for a little more of that in the future. Now, Morgan shows up like you're talking about. Spencer shows that he's a wuss. And I love the one line, hide. Just, just yeah. hide, you know. I'm not going to call you what you are. Just yeah. hide, you know. You and know so, what you are. <laughs> yeah, you know what you are. So I, I did I did like that. Um, hey, the wall held up too. Yeah, it did take a pretty good little... Took a uh, pretty good beating with the semi-truck. I think, the, I think the wall was a little lucky that the semi-truck hit the tower first. Mm-hmm. You know, hit some little building-ish stuff and slowed it down a bit before it hit the wall. Yeah. But took a damn good blow. Yeah, no, there, there's no doubt. Reg, kudos, Reg. Way to go! And I was expecting, honestly, the the trailer of the tractor trailer to burst open full of walkers. You know, I kind of thought the same thing. I thought you were going to be part of the trap or something like that. You know, nah, nah. We got none of that. Maybe if it had gotten through the wall, maybe they would have. Yeah, touche. Um, this led me to another part I wasn't a big fan of. Like we talked earlier, is Carl. You know, there's Ron out there. He finds a wolf that is chasing him, and he goes out there and he shoots him in the leg, and the guy drops, and the guy starts begging. The old Carl of the prison and later doesn't even listen to this guy. He just goes ahead and puts a, puts a few rounds in him. And the only thing I can figure is is that the guy is not a zombie. He's not turned. He's just that. But. He didn't blink. He was shooting people like when they got the attack from the governor and all that stuff. What's different here? I mean, this guy was had a knife after you with feet away. This was just 
I didn't like this at all. And then the whole getting close enough for the grab the gun. Well, this is, I was really mad about this. This is Glenn at the tractor place. Yeah, don't. You know better now. Yeah. And we've seen you know better. This is the stuff I don't want to see anymore. Don't, don't repeat mistakes. I don't need that drama. I would have rather seen Carl execute this dude. Would have loved to see like it. a total badass. You know, yeah. I'm not being like Ron's like that and goes, and Ron just looks at him and he, and he just looks him at him out and then bang, 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 bang. Now get in the house. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, give me that. Give me, hey, get inside. No, I ain't giving you. Don't, wait, what do you mean? Don't, I mean, don't give me that. Give me, hey, you know, I'm supreme right here. You need me. Strangely, I don't mind because you get the scene earlier with Gabriel when he talks to him, but how. Carl's walking Judith around, and he sees Ron and Enid having a moment where Ron's upset, and she's comforting him. I don't have a problem with this little jealousy love triangle thing they got going. I think I don't that's, have a problem with that. I just I know I know. I'm, what I'm saying is I don't have an issue with Ron not wanting to go in the house after he sees Enid's in there with him. Well, I, I don't have a problem with that either. I just don't like how Carl is. He looks soft in that situation. Like he made two bad choices in a row. I just, I don't know. But he didn't look soft, weirdly, two minutes earlier when he's telling Enid, you're not going anywhere. You're going to help me protect Judith. You know, no one gets in here. And then how about the really weird back-to-back, she doesn't have anything, and don't tell me, what what was this weird? Don't tell me goodbye. Yeah, this was so out of left field. Okay, here comes my... Question from Melanie. Okay. Okay. This was a really weird scene. It the back to back part. It was to be in the thick of everything. Just to be like, you know, you're gonna help me. Now we're gonna be back to back. Don't ever don't tell me goodbye. I was just kinda like I scratched my head. I was like, this was so out of left field. Okay, but she was saying this place is too big, you can't protect it. There's too many blind spots. That's how we got in. Did she say we? She did. This was something else. There was a couple other feedbacks um, we got that were questioning whether or not she was a wolf or was involved or was a spy and so on. And that was questioned to us. Um, let's see, who was that? But that she was like, that? he was like, don't tell me goodbye. And she pulls her knife and says, okay, I won't. I'm like, she's about to stab Carl in the neck. Yeah, it was... There was something there. I, I don't... I, it was... That's how we got in. Yeah, like David sent in and goes, I'm not positive Enid is not a, one of the wolves, but did she tip him off? Was, uh, would she have known him where the army was? Uh, on the armory and everything like that? You know, we can go ahead and dive into this a little bit. She said we. You know, is she talking about her and Carl sneaking back over the gate after they had been going out together? Is that all she's talking about? That's the most logical answer, <clears throat> right? Because I don't consider her a wolf. You know, when they gave no. me that background story earlier, it kind of lets you know that she wasn't. You know, she didn't have a W on her head. She didn't show like she was escaping from anything. She was doing all that stuff. You know, she had just created her own, just survived somehow, and she didn't want to be in a group. No, I mean she feels like she's safer being isolated. Yeah. Um yeah, I 
I more I thought about it, and you make a great point right there. No, I don't think she's associated with the wolf, but I think she made a rational statement based on it's easy to get in and out of here. It's too big. I mean, think about how we do it. I think that's what I'm saying. I think she when she said there's too many blind spots, that's how we got in. I think she's talking about her and Carl Together. sneaking in and out. Exactly. I, I'm, I'm right there with you because, you know, the whole tree and the whole them getting out and doing all that stuff. Yeah, I think you're on the point right there. I, I really, yeah. really do. Um, d- dude, how about Jesse going downstairs and finding this female wolf, whatever like that, in this whole scenario? Did you like, you know, the her getting disarmed from the gun and the whole attack scene? Did it look plausible and believable to you? I had a weird thought about this, to be honest with you. And I feel bad for thinking about it. At first, I was a little pissed because she hears Ron's voice and she goes downstairs. Because she doesn't want Ron to walk into a... Because obviously, somebody's up there near their door and takes off once they hear Ron's voice. Mm -hmm. So she takes off down the stairs too, right? Right. First off, I was pissed. Like, why didn't Ron show up right at the commotion? You know, like, and come help her. But another horrible thought I had of was when old girl disarms her, slams her up against the wall and throws her down and she kind of like fakes like she's down and out. I was like, man, she learned that from being beat by her husband. Yeah. She could take a lick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know know what you're going with there. And she knew to stay down. That's the best way to make this stop. Right. You know, and then she grabs the Haircutting scissors. Nice setup, by the way, of wanting to give her son a haircut yeah, because she talk. wants to talk haircut. to him. Yeah, and then leaving the scissors there. Very well done. Yeah, that was pieced was together some, pretty some well. There was set there. Uh, uh, but it ended up, yeah. Brutality yeah. of the dude. I watched. The, you know, the, later on in the the Buzzfeed and the Talking Dead, it showed like when they were prepping for this scene and all that stuff, and all these little still images. Woo! I mean, the Jesse character, you know. She's like, you know, the whole, I'm stabbing her with this rubber, you know, scalpel. And I mean, like the intensity was impressive, you know? Oh yeah. You know, she had to enjoy filming that scene. You yeah. Know? I was, uh, it was kind of like, woo. <laughs> yeah. I liked it. I, I thought it was good. Like I said, I wish Ron would have come in and maybe helped a little sooner because it didn't make sense where he went. Yeah. But, Ron's uh, not really being much of a contributor, you know? We no, if anything, cha- he's... We have to change our numbers, by the way. Jesse was productive and did kill a wolf. We, we, we said only oh, Aaron. You're right. So we have to add her to the mix. Yeah, you're it right. Was, it was killing by necessity, not because she's a badass or need to go out there and help. So a yeah. little bit different category. Yeah, and it's a little sketched out by the door they decided to be their panic room, too. Like a little, you know, louvered. Uh, yeah, yeah. Closet door. I'm like, oh man, pick a Let's solid door. Be honest with ourselves. If that's where you were hiding from your drunk, abusive husband, that louver door can be easily destroyed to get you. Yeah, that dude was a maniac. Yeah, he was busting through walls if he uh, wanted to. That's the extra critical detail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. All right. So now it's the Carol show. From this point forward, she's got her Assassin's Creed lookalike with her mm-hmm. red W, and she's going around executing folks. Right, left, you know. Yeah, Morgan thinks he could tie somebody up like a prisoner. No. Yeah. Greases Bang. him as soon as his eyes open. Hands tries to hand him guns. You know. I mean, goes out there. Morgan's about to get with the axe guy. She walks up and you know fillets his chest. You know, stabs him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Moving on. 
you know, I mean, and she's like, he, she, he's like, you didn't have to do that. And, and as she's stabbing it in him in the head, <laughs> they're going to get to the armory. Let's go. You know what I mean? Which is a slightly unfortunate because I would have liked to have seen Morgan and X-Man fight. Yeah. But it's weird because the way they shot it, you see this person running up and I feel like that person was going to attack Morgan. Mm-hmm. And then just takes a V-line to the left and just starts sticking, dude. Yeah. I mean, like prison shank from behind. Well done. Brutal. Well done. (laughs) Man, I freaking love it. So, um, you know, and of course, they like we talked about earlier, they they, they piss on Gabriel and Morgan goes over there and, you know, disarms him. And Gabriel asks some curious questions like, wow, how did you learn that? Who taught you that? And he goes by what was his exact words? Another, it was another great man or another lost man or something to that effect. Man, I cannot remember. You know, it was something similar where, but it was a singular person that another transformed man. I think is what it was. You know, like he's the transformed person. Right. There was something, something to that effect. And um, so I want to know about Donatello, the guy who trained him. You know, they, give me some more about this. I, I want to see some flashbacks, which they promised that before the season, what we talked about in our preview, um, that they promised some good flashbacks. I hope we get his backstory. I really, really do. They're really heading towards it, I think, because with the flip-flop that Morgan and Carol take at the end, where Carol's breaking down and Morgan's questioning because we don't know yet if Morgan killed that guy in the house. We don't. But he's walking around moping like he did. Yeah, you know, and he goes, sorry, and then smokes him, you know. And when we get to that, I got some questions about okay. that. All right, so um, Morgan gets surrounded by a group of wolves, and, you know, he whoops them here and there, back like that. And he's like, leave. You know, you've probably got a target on your chest right now. You know, it's time to go. And the guy's like, you know, we didn't choose this. And as they run... He takes a gun and just takes off. You think this was a good situation to just let that guy take it and go? No. And a matter of fact, one of my major things in my notes is why didn't this guy turn around and shoot Morgan? Good point. Morgan's I mean, holding a bow staff. Yeah. Really? All he's got to do, he knows there's no one else around right now. I mean, I know he said, hey, there could be a scope pointing at you right now, but he should have shot him. He should have shot Morgan. True. That's very, very, very true. When that guy approached Morgan in the woods last time, and Morgan beat the hell out of him because he knew it was, it was empty and he didn't have any ammo, that guy, when he got a hand on the gun, would have shot him immediately. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I didn't think about that. I just maybe he's like, well, you know, I'm taking it serious. I'm getting out of dodge as fast as I can. If I okay. go raise my gun at him, maybe I get killed. Run and fire. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. Not um, that I want to see Morgan get shot. I just. Just seems realistic right. to me. The next part really had me curious. Didn't understand it. Didn't get a lot of feedback about it either. Was Carol grabs the cigarettes, contemplating smoking. She looks at the post, and there's a red A there. Another thing in my notes. What is the A? Okay, the only thing that I could slightly come up with was that the letter A in red reminded her that she had a bloody W on her forehead. That's the only thing I could... Because immediately she starts trying to wipe it off her forehead. Yeah, but what is the A? To, I mean, what's the A for? I'm not saying it's, it has to do with an A, period. Just It's yeah, a letter well, I, in I, red. I hear you there, but what's the A for? If it's not for a letter in red that reminds her of her forehead, I have no clue. Yeah. Uh, mm, yeah. No idea. Uh, hopefully... <laughs> I wonder if there's more to it, or it was just, like you said, 
Okay, and why is there a red A on that post? That's what I'm talking about. Why? Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about why does it affect Carol and so... No, I just want to know why somebody put a red A on the post. <sighs> no idea. Only thing I think of was that's Aaron's house. Aaron, or maybe um, Aphid attacked that one and left his mark that I've already been on. They're it. not. No, that was a perfect A with a circle yeah, around it. it was... They ain't got stickers. Yeah, there, there was something there. I don't know. Um... You know, and by that time, the melee's gone, people are out, the wolves are out, and you see bodies everywhere in the aftermath, and you see Carl just in the house, and the timer goes off, and he walks over and gets his casserole. Now, there was tons of feedback and a lot of chatter on Twitter and Facebook where people thought this was either hilarious, um, ridiculous, unnecessary, da-da-da-da. What were your thoughts on this part? Because I have a very mixed reaction about the casserole ding. I love it. I'll be honest with you. This is what I like seeing. This is the stone cold group that we have now. Like the melee's over, casserole dings, Carl just takes it out, sets on the counter. Let me tell you where I thought this was going though, because Enid was gone and the casserole dinged. But if you remember, Carol, they focused in on the fact that Judith was on the monitor. For some reason, I thought that Judith was not going to be on the monitor. Because it's sitting there on the island when he pulls it out. But no, as far as the casserole goes, I like it. I like the fact that he was just right. pull it out, calm well, as could A lot be. of people said it represents, it gives you an exact timeline of how fast things can go to crap. She set the timer. Moments later, cigarette girl gets macheted to death. The timer goes off 45 minutes later, and there's several Alexandrians have been killed, the melee... It complete destruction of any harmonious life at Alexandria whatsoever. And in an instant, that's how fast things can go from good to crap. You know, I like the symbolism, the kind of the reaction, that kind of stuff. So I didn't mind it. But there was a lot of people who were like, why even show this? Were there any Alexandrians that survived to tell the tale? Like, you're going to get a group of half of our Rick's people and half Alexandrians coming back to town. Yeah. Now I know they got a, a deal with the big massive walkers and stuff like that, but say they get back to town, that scenario is fine. The Alexandrians are really going to want to know what the hell happened. You know, are they going to believe the story or like Denise, the girl she left in the armory? Um, you know, different things like that. Oh, by the way, that scene in the army, how cool were the FX where Carol shoots through that person and the blood goes onto the camera and then shoots him a couple times, another guy going out the door. I mean, fantastic, you know? Yes, very well. I don't, I'm not, this is not a huge thought of mine, whether or not they'll believe the story or not that, but. No, I don't, I don't think that's even an issue. I think, I think that ship has sailed. I think they're going to come back and they're going to see bodies everywhere, dismembered bodies and dead wolves everywhere. I think there's enough evidence to say this has got nothing to do with Rick's group. No, I'm not even saying that they're going to believe that it's Rick's group, but are they going to believe now, all of them, are they all going to believe that we are too weak to live without Rick's group? Oh, yeah, this is, the fairy tale's over. I mean, the perception of that we're safe because we're in walls, is a complete farce. And this ought to be the wake-up call they need. And trust me, if they follow the comic book like they're going to, they need it. And yeah, and we, we didn't really touch on it too much with Deanna outside the walls and telling Maggie just to go inside. 
because I'm just another person you'll have to rescue if I go inside. Right. She is the leader of a feeble group. And she's just as feeble. Absolutely. She needs, if she doesn't have Rick given direction or somebody to protect her or get her from point A to point B, she's useless. Well, you know what? This whole season, I thought, before it started, was going to be about whether or not Rick's group needed to take over the city or, you know, there was going to be a battle of leadership or anything like that. But that ship has sailed, like you said. Yeah. It's over with. No, In two yeah, episodes, Deanna's fully on board knowing that oh, they are yeah. too the dictatorship is back in full bloom. Yeah, and... You know, I I thought it was really nice that they handled the Rick and Morgan stuff in the first episode. And I thought that was going to be over with. But Morgan, I got a lot of love-hate relationship with this in this episode. Yes. I mean, it's the, you know, life is precious. I get that. But we're a few years in the apocalypse and you've gone to bat crack crazy Back to Donatello, Buddhist monk, all life is great. Da, da, da. He is almost more of a liability with what he's doing. There was a lot of feedback talking about how him letting those guys get away is going to come back and bite them in the backside later on. And I firmly agree with that. Yeah. And the whole thing where they focused on in the past with you can't, you can't come back. You know what I mean? Right. Like, when it's a walker coming at somebody, just trying to chew their guts out, he'll kill them in a heartbeat. But when it's another person coming at with an axe wielding, ready to chop somebody's body up, he's not ready to kill him. Mm-hmm. He just perceives these threats differently and feels like he can change that axe murderer. You know, which I'm beyond that too. Like, I don't really want to see Morgan be that character. No. And it never turns out good for people with these moral codes. No, they always, no good deed goes unpunished. Right. You and know? Not only that, they end up costing lives of other people and then themselves. Well, I'm not sure he, he, he didn't already. Yeah, I I'm completely agree. If you think, if he would have just killed those two guys that fought him in the woods, you know, that's two less wolves first off. And they're the Coming ones in. that find Aaron's backpack, thus leading to where they are and help get all those people in there. True. So yeah, I mean there's it's a there's definitely a chain effect there. Yeah, dominoes of just tumbling, you know, right. leading exactly. that way. Speaking of that guy in the woods, I mean, everybody's gone. Morgan goes in that house, and that one that he fought with earlier, they have their melee, and at the end he tells him, sorry, then smokes him. Now, do you think he's dead? I mean, the way he's acting. At the end of the episode, you'd think he killed him. You do. Um, because they, they're clearly juxtaposing Morgan against Carol. Mm-hmm. Not like against each other, but like differing just, thoughts. No, well, the whole them walking down the street, you know, like the OK Corral kind of thing. Just, no, crossroads it, in each yeah, other. Well, he's walking a different path than she is. It's symbolism of... She's going this way and how they're going to survive, and he's going that way and how they're going to survive, and you know, and they don't they don't go the same direction. What I was curious about is is what was the little blue baggie he was carrying? Did you notice he had yeah. this Donatello stick, but he had a little blue I don't know if it was a fanny pack he was carrying or what? What was that? I think it's probably going to end up being his little trinkets in there, or something like that. Does that mean he's throwing the deuces? 
No, I think it's he's going to go to his happy place or something. <laughs> his happy place. Like he's, this is not know, Happy Gilmore. <laughs> no, I know, but he's going to go somewhere and probably like meditate on okay. it or something. You know what I mean? Think about what he's done. Right. And okay. I man, I I'm telling you this this has me scared. Cuz yeah. I don't want to see Carol take a step back. My biggest fear is is that Carol is the sacrificial lamb for what he's trying to do. Because they've kind of pitted them against each other now because of this episode. And I'm afraid she's the big, oh my God, no, not her at the end. That's what I fear. No, uh, that's not what I fear. I feel Carol, I don't want to see Carol change. No. Take a step back. I think she's the most conditioned of anybody. I agree, but Carol broke down crying at the end of this, and I don't know why. Was she affected by all the women that she had gotten to know that had been killed? Uh, yes, I would imagine. I don't know. There's. I'm just saying. I know what you're saying. It yeah, puts no, a little I mean, fear in me. Yeah, she breaks down. She's upset. I think she was didn't want to see so many good people who were not ready yet die. Yeah, Couldn't but, help all of them yet. But that's not her thing, you know. She is. Uh, I know, but you know, she felt she felt bad and had issues when they were at the prison for things she did and people how did. I mean, there's just she has a little bit of a track record for that. But I don't know. I don't know her motivation yet about the crying, and I doubt we find out. I just don't think in the same episode you can show her talk to Sam like she did. You know, get over it. Your dad got himself <laughs> yeah. killed. Yeah. Turn into like you said the assassin. Just, just violent killing spree of all these people attacking the city. To her sitting down and crying, and then crossing paths with Morgan, who seems to be upset with what he just did. I don't know, man. That makes me worry that they're gonna. I don't think Carol and Morgan are separate. I think they're gonna come together. Like in a happy medium. I hope it becomes, uh, you know, the, not a dynamic duo, but a formidable force, you know, that is one that has to be reckoned with. That's what I'm saying. I'd love to see Morgan take a little bit of Carol and Carol take a little bit of Morgan. I don't know. I kind of like Carol right where she's at. Exactly. That's my fear. Right. Like, okay. I don't want, I'd like to see Carol not messed with. She's my favorite character lately. Right. Right. Well, let's go into some of the feedback. I put some on here. That was good. Um, you know, uh, Eric came in and he says, um, Deanne says she can't do anything but brings Rick in and the company, and she did make the decision that saved the majority of the people. Uh, the Wolves have destroyed Alexandria without Carol or to the lesser extent Morgan. Uh, it was good to see Eugene and his dynamic with Denise. You know, we didn't talk much about Eugene, uh, but, you know, he had some little bit of parts here and there. He was <laughs> the whole... You know, you could miss a hematoma and you could kill her and the whole, you know, there's a little, little bit of joke in there, a little some humor. I, I enjoyed that. Do you think this is a possible love interest for him? Oh, my God. If there is a love interest for Eugene, that is disaster. I think this I is think he's infatuated with Tara. And Tara's not going that route. No. Friend zone. I'm sorry. There's... No. I do not see a single love interest of any kind. No. I think they're playing this Eugene Denise thing a little bit. Ugh, no, mm, no. 
Now, he says, you know, Eric continues exactly what you're saying. He goes, I wonder if these two will end up together, oh. Denise and, Je- you know. Uh, I'm Sorry, I know. stepped on his feedback there. No. Um, uh, no, I, I just I don't get that. Uh, Michael says, Morgan should have killed all the wolves. They are too dangerous to keep alive. The wolf that took the gun. I hope this doesn't come back to bite Morgan or one of my favorite characters on the show. I think this is my exact same sentiment. Michael's right on the money. Like I said, anytime these moral codes come in play, somebody pays the price. Yeah, it's the theme of the entire show, really. It's like you can't be the person you were before. You have to be cold-blooded now. Right. Uh, Mickey says... It was really interesting to see Carol set the timer, and when it start, it was kind of like the start of the destruction. When the timer went off, the destruction was done. It showed how quickly simple domestic, a domestic city can be lost. You know, and that's like we talked earlier. It was just like I said, fifteen, thirty, forty-five minutes. It's wow, epic amounts of death and everything. I think Mickey yeah. was right on point. Um, we talked about David earlier, asking about Ian and being a wolf. Um, <laughs> Matt. Uh, was the walker in the big rig already a walker or was that the fastest zombie transportation ever? I never considered the part that it might have been already a walker in there. No, the thing was driving. I, I think so too. Um, yeah, I think that was just a miscue on editing. Maybe there was more to it. Maybe it was the same. Maybe there was more Spencer shooting and him coming down there later, you know, but I don't think that works with the whole Morgan coming in and doing his part. So I just think it was a miss. You know what? It's tough because I don't remember. How long did it take Shane to turn? Oh, shortly. But he didn't look like that zombie in the truck looked like his skin was already. I understand. The zombie in the truck looked really pale. It was already like nasty. Yeah, but so do all the wolves. They look disgusting. So I'll give it a slight break. Maybe he was, I don't know, maybe his face was jacked up because it hit the wall so hard. But Shane did turn fast, didn't he? He did. It was real quick. So, in a way, the show's just terribly inconsistent on Inconsistent. That's the key word. Really. Uh, Matt also said, I was really happy to see the Enid backstory um, and how she got to Alexandria. Um, I really enjoyed, you know, the Morgan aspect of it, you know, and his Zen mode, but I do believe it's going to lead to a lot of regret and it's going to get somebody killed. Um, you know, that seems to be a common thread for a lot of folks. Um, uh, let's see. Mike comes in and says, remember guys, Scott Gimple promised tear jerking this season. Who do you think is going to be the reason we have it? I think one of the major things we're going to get is a Carl and Ron story. Okay. Enid's left. All right. Next episode has, we, we're pretty sure a horde is about to be at Alexandria next, you yeah. know, with Rick's group. Considering that in our preview, we learned that the first three episodes are just nothing but nonstop over the top action. Supposedly what makes sense for the next episode is, is the herd arrives just as the other group arrives. And just when you want to take a breath and evaluate the city on what happened, you have to turn right back around and handle a herd that's it's coming its way. Yeah, it could be tough. Um, but I, I do feel, I, I mean, what do you think? You think Carl and Ron are going to go after Enid? 
Or is Ron try to go after Enid and Carl follows because he knows he's useless? Well, that's a loaded question because it relates to comic book information. Okay. And so I'm a. I don't want any spoiler issues. No, stuff. No, 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 so. no. You know, so I, I. If you had to name a character based on what um, Mike has blamed on, who do you think is going to cause the tear jerking? Whenever I think of tear jerking, that means we lose a prominent character. And that's the MO of Walking Dead. We're going to find somebody who is tough to see go. Who's on your hit list? Well, I'm, I worry for Glenn. Okay. Because, like you say, doing good things usually comes back to bite you. Right. And the fact he's been trying to reinvent Nicholas, you know, or rehabilitate him, you know, can come back to hurt him. And the fact that they've introduced Heath, who is a also like a scout um, supply runner type yeah. of guy, yeah. possible replacement for Glenn. That would that would upset me. I worry about Carl because of the the Enid deal or whatever like that. Um, that's that's who I got the most worry for. I mean, the other characters, I, I like them, but I, I'm not just as attached to certain people like Rosita wouldn't I wouldn't break a, a tear for that you know Abraham would be tough but I mean his arc has kind of come and gone um none of the Alexandrians could care less right except maybe Aaron I like Aaron you know he's a good dude um uh, of course Daryl would be tough but man yeah I know I know Rick's not going anywhere I don't think Maggie. No, if you if I had to say two or three untouchables, Maggie's one, Rick's one, um, of course Carl. Um, you know, you know who I think, and it makes total sense, Judith. Somehow I think that becomes a a scenario. I don't know, you know, but you know the it's it's that was mentioned in some of the feedback as well is that who's the most likely, you know, we're getting a lot of Carol early, you know, it, it could be, it could be Carol. That could be a, just a devastating blow because I don't think she's untouchable. Even though they're maker, just absolutely epic. That could be a heck of a tearjerker, you know, I just feel it would suck because yeah, they've done it, so much for her. You know, I just, well, she's been, Gone, come back, gone, come back. Redemptive, redemptive. You know, yeah, the, I mean, a rock that everybody's a pillar upon. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. As far as an arc, she's done. I mean, she's completed plenty of arcs now. Well, and, and done uh, excellent. Right. Well, and the other thing is that you know, based on the comic book, she's on. She was. She died a long, long time ago in the comic book. I mean, she died at the prison before the the governor. I mean, the, so yeah. it's just it's just a completely different scenario, and I think it's just kudos to Melissa McBride because she is just phenomenal. Oh, she owns uh, it. This she means she she she's by far my favorite, based on acting chops and what she does for the show. You know, I think Michonne's safe. For yes, sure. Michonne's safe. There's there's yeah there's a couple like that that are untouchable. Like I said, I hate to say it. People who are on borrowed time or different things for other scenarios, Carol, 
Daryl, you know, they could be the epic ones for this year. Um, Judith, uh, Glenn, Eugene, Eugene, uh, Rosita. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Tara is on the, t- is uh, on my list. She's already been put in danger. She's already got an injury. I don't still, she's on my list of expendable. You know, she's, she doesn't even exist in the comic book. What about what's her name? Um, one driving the car. Uh, oh, Sasha. Sasha. Well, considering in the comic book, kind of, I, I keep referencing this, but I'm not giving you spoiler. Is that Andrea is a major character in the comic book, but they killed her a few, se- you know, a couple seasons ago. Sasha kind of fills that void of the character where Andrea was kind of going, and so I kind of see Sasha being around. Okay. You know that I just I just do you know based on what they've shown so far, she's the first person that kind of fills that hole. Yeah, they've had a few too many characters who have mental breakdowns, right, and then recover from them. I mean, of course, Gabriel dies. I think everybody, some people might applaud. You know, yeah, but now they've, and I think he might die this season. Of course, and then, like you said, there's Abraham, and there's well, like that. Uh, they're all potential um but i think your untouchables michonne maggie um carl and rick are i think your four untouchables and then of course daryl and carol are right behind that but there is that inkling uh, and a possibility yeah you know i just i don't know i don't see him killing daryl just because he's so marketable and has such a fan base and you know brings a lot to the show and i think carol is almost in the same boat so it's kind of like you got to keep your nucleus of what the show is yeah i would say daryl would have been a little less untouchable if you know he had that movie come out air or whatever it was called i haven't heard anything about it but i read some reviews and they said that it's okay meh probably yeah i mean it's it's a movie that's what you that's what you kind of hear well, a lot of people were thinking that Daryl was going to bring, or what Norman Reedus was going to bring his fans from Walking Dead to movies and stuff like that, which he's been in great movies before, Boondock right. Saints and stuff like that. It's fun, but I don't think he became the movie star that studios were hoping for. So he I think is he's extremely more famous, popular, and loved as Daryl. Yeah. Not, you know, Norman Reedus, the actor. You know what I'm saying? That's the difference. And like Andrew Lincoln, typecast. You know, Norman Reedus, typecast, zombie killer. You know what I mean? Yeah, they they have potential down the road and so on. But right now, they'll always be known as, you know, <laughs> Rick and Daryl. And it's just like, um, you know, I mean, Al Bundy, you know. I mean, that guy will always. Do you know his real name? Do I? Do you know his real name? No. I don't either. But it's Al Bundy. It's Al Bundy, no matter what. I don't I mean, care how I big can watch modern, modern family. family all day. Garbage. That's Al. Yeah. You know? Or Dutch. Yeah. I know him better as Dutch than his real name. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? I mean, like, there are some shows you do, and that's who you are. You know, I mean, that's just the reality of it. And I've seen Andrew Lincoln and other stuff, you know. I mean, of course, you know, Love Actually. not 
Yeah, love that. But now I watched the um, Strike Back series, you know, where he played, uh, you know, a commando in the British Army. I said, and he did a great job like that. But every time I looked at him, I was like, yeah, that's Andy Lincoln. That's Rick Grimes. Where's your Where's your star on your shirt? You know, I, I just <laughs> it's it's just who you are. It's ingrained now. He's got his pinnacle, you know. No, I think what, Norman Reedus should probably see he's way more valuable on Walking Dead than he is in your right. I mean. Uh, I really think that he needs to just continue doing Walking Dead and ride this because, I mean, every year it's still gaining popularity. I mean, we're still gaining viewers- viewership every year. Yeah. So, I mean, I think definitely to go that way. Uh, the last feedback I'll mention was is that um, uh, Mr. Frey who talked about, he said he named Carol. This was Rambo First Blood Cupcake Edition. You know, <laughs> he had some, had some little humor. Casserole there. edition. Yeah, <laughs> casserole edition. <laughs> Uh, I like that. Um, great episode. Great action packed. Really enjoyed it. Um, we'll do. Uh, you want to talk about the preview? I mean, I'll tell you a couple things. It just shows kind of like uh, it goes back to the Rick, you know, and the group. It shows them running back to the the group, and they're talking. You know, they have these little comments of you know, the herds moving. You see, if you if you see it in front of you, kill it. You know, and and of course there's little quick tidbits of you know Michonne like oh we're in trouble and then the last second you see him burst through the gates of Alexandria and you just they see the destruction and the melee uh, the one thing about that when you see all they look like there's people who are hurt and wounded and like they've been through skirmishes before they even got, got back to Alexandria and so I'm curious if it's going to be like a you know 45 minutes of television and 40 minutes of it is their journey back to Alexandria uh, honestly, I think that's what it's going to be. I think it's going to be. My prediction is that they're going to get the herd back on track. That Daryl and Abraham and Sasha are going to get the her- most of the herd moving back in the right direction. Gotcha. But, but Rick the other is, people on the ground. But Rick is saying, right? If it's in front of you, heading home, kill, kill it. it. Don't you know, care before what it, is. it can get there. You know. So I think we're going to get a master level Nicotero type episode of zombie kills before the group hits Alexandria. The wolf that got the gun and they're all running out of there. Rick and them are running towards it. Do they encounter any wolves? Does the one with the gun grease one of the members? Somebody get shot. Do you think there's an encounter? The way the preview shows Rick running, it seems like for days. I don't think so. I think it's going to be over in time. Yeah, I hear you. I'm, I'm with you on that. They seem to be far enough away and on foot that it would take too long. And they're going to kill a shitload of zombies before they get there. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm totally. Um, I think they're going to see the immediate aftermath, but not run into any of the wolves. Okay, I'm with you on that. Um Anybody you say is going to be killed next episode? Um, trying to think of who's running with the herd. There's a there's a few Alexandrians. Yeah, I, I know Nicholas, one of them, Nicholas and Heath. And well, there's you know, like I said, that other big guy, and there was yeah. a woman and somebody else. I could see maybe one of them going down. I don't see anybody in the main cast. No, I don't see any main cast. I think they've had quite a bit of death in the past two episodes. I don't know, but you you said they were going to lose one every episode. Yeah, 
like you said, I, I think yeah, we'll probably lose a couple more Alexandria stragglers that are helping on the on the horde. Right. And that'd be about it. Okay. I, I'll go with that. I'll absolutely go with that. Um, we didn't lose anybody. I would say is prominent. Maybe Holly. You know. So I don't. I don't see we would say any moment of silence or anything for him like that and we already agreed the the best looking zombie was mr crispy which was not really realistic to get to mr crispy but it was still cool still well done um but other than that i think we're about wrapped it there let's call it guys really appreciate all the awesome feedback we had some great conversation on feedback i'm sorry on facebook and twitter and some other places uh you can always hit us up at bleed tv um, podcast at gmail as well as on twitter at at bleed tv uh, podcast and of course we have a facebook page um, we love talking to you guys and talk like that if there was something we missed or something you want us to talk about or just have an idea or hey just to say hey appreciate you we'd love to hear from you and if you got a minute we'd really really appreciate any positive feedbacks on uh, itunes stitcher or any of those places if you got a minute it really, really helps us and helps broaden our cast and our show. And we've been seeing, we've been really, really been pleased with a lot of the, a lot of the positive comments, and we really, really appreciate it. So, uh, other than that, I think we're going to call it. And um, this is Bleed TV, and I'm Zach, and I'm Jake, and we'll see y'all next week. Mm-hmm.